Hello everyone, welcome to Runaway Eve. This is the last episode of this year and I really actually wasn't planning on recording anymore before the end of the year. I had definitely wanted to update everyone on the Joshua Duggar case just because I have been following it pretty closely and I've enjoyed discussing it on this platform so I did want to give an update on that but I kind of figured I can wait until next year, um, until the new year starts, and then kind of go from there. But the more I thought about it, the more I really wanted to give you all an actual final episode of the year, a season one finale, if you will. And this is going to be very loosely structured. I'm not going to do a lot of editing on this, so it might be a little bit more raw than some of my other episodes are. I really just wanted to talk. I wanted to get on here and I don't know. The truth of the matter is Christmas and just the holidays, December in general, this time of year around Christmas can be really hard. It is very hard for a lot of people, but it can especially be hard for people who grew up in the Christian faith and grew up spending this time of year doing very specific things with very specific people it can kind of feel I feel like I've used this analogy before multiple times but it can kind of feel like you're just kind of floating in the deep end of a pool all alone without a floaty um I'm definitely feeling that this year I feel that every year but the last few years have been especially difficult in a lot of ways And so another thing that I've noticed is that a lot of podcasts do take time off around the holidays, which is understandable and totally respectable, and I I get that. But I wanted to do something a little different, and I wanted to give you all something to listen to if you're, you know, stuck with family that still thinks you believe the same things that you've believed your entire life or stuck with family that you might have to hide a part of yourself just to to tolerate being around um stuck with family that doesn't know or doesn't appreciate or respect parts of your identity and the person that you are becoming and have become i understand how hard that can be And so I wanted to give you something to listen to. I wanted to give you something to distract yourself with. So this episode is kind of my Christmas gift to you, I guess, in a way. I don't know how long it'll be. Uh, Like I said, I have a loose outline, but I really just kind of wanted to talk about some things that are not necessarily related to Christmas. I do want to talk about coping strategies and coping mechanisms for dealing with some of these issues that we might face Um, surrounding the holidays. But other than that, I'm not going to talk about Christmas. There are a lot of other things that I want to talk about. And I want to start with um, a short-ish update on Josh Duggar. I know a lot of you have have actually found me for and because of the work that I've been doing covering the Josh Duggar situation and, and kind of the history of who he is as a person. And I'm glad you're here. So thank you for finding me and sticking around. And I really hope that you enjoy my other content as well. But for all of you, my Christmas gift to you is that I'm going to start with the Josh Duggar updates. So you don't have to listen to the whole 
um, podcast just to just to find that you can you can tune out after I talk about Josh if you want to. I'd love it if you would stay. Um, I'd love it if you would give my other episodes a listen as well. But you're here, and I appreciate you so much. So let's just go ahead and get started with with our with some updates about Josh because we all know his trial was a few weeks ago now. Um, you've probably heard that he was found guilty. He was convicted on two counts. Um, I believe it was possessing and receiving CP, something like that. Whatever the two things he was being charged with, he was found guilty of both of them. Each charge carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison along with a $250,000 fine, which, as I've mentioned in the past, I don't give a shit about the money. These people have fucking TLC money. These people have politics money. Um, The money probably doesn't phase them. So I'm more concerned with the jail time, the prison sentence. He has not been sentenced yet. The sentencing, I believe, is set for... I'm sorry, it would be helpful if I actually had one of my sources in front of me. Um, The sentencing has not been set yet. It says his sentencing is expected in four months, but a date hasn't been scheduled pending a pre-sentence investigation. And I misspoke. Apparently he is, he faces up to 20 years total, not 20 years uh, for each conviction, because this says, um, because possession is a lesser included offense, he will technically only be sentenced for the receipt crime. So he'll only, this, according to this, this, um, article, he'll only be sentenced, um, for the, for the more severe crime that he was found guilty of. So I, for one, am really looking forward to seeing what happens in his sentencing, We know that Josh Duggar and his legal team will seek an appeal. They've already said that. They said that right right after the trial, um, his lawyer made it clear that he is going to be seeking an appeal. I am not... Well, it's weird. Now that he's been convicted, I'm not too worried about any sort of appeal going through. Um, That being said, there was a small part of me... And I mentioned this on my Instagram. There was a small part of me that was honestly very surprised that he was even found guilty. I... It seemed so sure uh, to me, but I just... I just wasn't... To be honest, I wasn't confident in the argument after it was made and I... um, you know, was reading, was reading about the, the prosecuting argument, and I, I didn't have much faith in the jury either. High-profile cases have a tendency to be very polarizing, and it's really kind of a luck of the draw, and we've seen re- in, in other recent cases, in the, um, in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I firmly believe that part of the reason why he was found innocent and cleared of his charges was because of the jury and how the jury seemed to be so curated in his favor. And I was, a part of me could have, could have very easily have seen that happen. 
um, for Josh in his trial. So that was something going into the trial that I was concerned about. And I'm glad it didn't, I mean, obviously, of course, I, I'm glad it didn't, it didn't seem to play out that way. So they are going to seek an appeal. I don't think the appeal will be successful. I don't see any, any possibility in that being successful. I'm more anxious and more e eager for the sentencing. I want this person who has skated by and, and seemed to dodge any sort of accountability or consequence his entire life to fucking pay. I want to see this man go to prison for, for the maximum 20 years. I'd love to see him go to prison for 40 years if, if that ends up being on the table. Um, time will tell. We'll see. He does have a shit ton of kids, so um, I don't really know. That might play into, you know, the legal system not wanting to lock him away for that long. I don't think his wife... I mean, just with my knowledge of of evangelical um, Southern Baptist convention and quiverful in general, I don't think his wife has very many transferable skills. She probably doesn't have any work experience. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's such a tricky situation, but above all else, I want to see this man pay. I want to see this person, this horrible, horrible person, which I will get into that in a moment, pay for crimes that he should have paid for a long time ago. It never should have gotten to this point, ever. But yet here we are, so let's let's put this man away. Let's put this monster behind bars um, and protect, protect the world from him. So I mentioned uh, Josh Duggar being not a very good person. I want to briefly touch on, and the link to this video will be in my show notes. I think it, it was very interesting and I think anybody who's who's interested in Josh Duggar, the Duggar case, any of this, even if you're just interested in like human psychology, I think you should check it out. But I came across a video on YouTube. It was on a channel called Observe and the video is titled Josh Duggar's body language hints at something sinister. And, and the, the people in this video um, m mentioned that this is the first of a series that they're going to be um, covering Josh, Josh Duggar and his, and his behavior. And so this, this first video, um, the subtitle is Establishing Baseline and Social Dynamic. And it's primarily about his, his early relationship with his now wife, Anna, and the way his behavior was portrayed on um, the TV show when he was on uh, 19 Kids and Counting or whatever, whatever it was called. And it's really interesting. It's very fascinating. I actually never watched that show. I was never interested in it at all. But seeing clips from the show where um, they, they talk specifically about the day that he proposed to Anna and they talk a little bit about courtship and what that what what the early days of their relationship looked like and courtship is something that i'm actually going to be um, talking about in the next couple of months which i will i will get to towards the end of this episode um so more on courtship later and what that means to uh, evangelical culture but they touch on just how strange his 
behavior was and kind of comparison between his his behavior and her and her behavior and it's just it's very apparent the way this man and at the time he was I believe he was 19 20 maybe at the time the way that he carried himself he's not a good person <laughs> he's not a good person at all and um some other really interesting things came out of this video that I that I wasn't even aware of. Things that this family did a damn good job of, of burying. So there was a moment in the video where they towards the beginning at the beginning of the video they kind of set the set the stage for where we're at with Josh Duggar and kind of what's going on with him now, but also what's transpired over the last several years, starting with, you know, all all of the things that had happened in his in his childhood um coming up and that was that was in 2015 and then and then some other stuff happened in 2015, one thing being the Ashley Madison scandal. But there was another thing that I I again I didn't even know about this. Josh Duggar was sued by a porn star slash uh, exotic dancer, a, a sex worker, let's just call her a sex worker, for sexual assault. So apparently there was this situation where he paid her some money uh, in a strip club for some dances and ended up going, going to a hotel room with her where she was staying and she claims that she was sexually assaulted by him um, and that it happened actually a second time as well. And full disclaimer, I'm I'm looking and I'm gonna link to this article um, in the show notes so you can read it yourself. I I saw a lot of not even a lot. I had I had to search very specific terms to find really anything on this, but I did see uh, articles about you know porn star sues Josh Duggar blah 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 whatever. I didn't see anything. Uh, that explicitly clarified what came of the lawsuit, what happened. I think that leads me to believe, and this is just my opinion, but that leads me to believe that maybe she was paid off. Maybe uh, she was paid behind the scenes to make the lawsuit go away. I don't know. Or may hell, maybe they went to court and nothing came of it, and it's just... It just, there was no media coverage because it was a boring outcome. I don't know. But yeah, so I don't, I don't really know what came of that, but I had no idea that that had happened and it was, and it was mentioned in this video. So that happened, that happened in, in 2015, I believe around the same time as all this other stuff. And this man is just a complete dumpster fire of a human. But what I learned about in this YouTube video goes beyond just Josh himself. Because remember, I mean, as if you could forget, because I've been ranting about this so much, my biggest problem, well, no, not my biggest problem. My biggest problem is, is obviously Josh and his behavior and the crimes he's committed and the crimes that he's committed without facing any, any uh, consequence from earlier in his life. But another aspect of this that I've been really vocal about purposefully and intentionally is his family and, and the system around him that has protected him and 
you know, made these things go away and have enabled him to commit these crimes. One of those people was a man named Joseph Hutchins. So if you remember, way back when I covered what went down when Josh was abusing his sisters, and if you, side note, if you, if you don't remember or you want or need a refresher, please, please watch this, watch this YouTube video. The first five minutes or so really just kind of detail uh, all, of, all of Josh's troubles. And it, it's, it's a great watch. I highly recommend. But anyway, if you remember, Joseph Hutchins was the man that he was a, um, a state trooper who was a family friend who Jim Bob, jo uh, Josh's dad, went to after all of this came out that he was inappropriately touching and abusing his sisters. Jim Bob went to Joseph Hutchins, again, a state trooper, a police officer, told him what was going on, and rather than actually do any, doing, doing anything about it, uh, Hutchins claimed that there was nothing that could be done um, by the books. He gave Josh a, quote, stern talk, a talking to. Well, something that I learned from this video and have since uh, Googled, and I have an article about it right here that I will link that man, the family friend who gave Josh the talking to after it was brought to his attention that he was abusing his sisters, is actually currently in prison on CP charges himself. <laughs> yes, that's right. Joseph Hutchins, the family friend, the family friend, state trooper, who refused to do anything about what Josh did when he was younger um, is actually in prison on CP charges. So apparently Hutchins attempted suicide in 2015. Um, he, was, he claims to have lost a lot of sleep over what happened with Josh and for not, not doing what he should have done, not going to the lengths he should have gone to and using his position and his resources to protect the victims. And again, remember, Josh molested girls between the ages of three and 12. Some were his sisters, some, I think one or two were family friends. It was multiple girls ages three through 12. And this man did nothing, nothing. This says, this article says, according to Arkansas Department of Corrections records, Hutchins is currently serving a decades-long term for CP charges of his own. In 2007, Hutchins was found guilty of 20 counts of distributing, possessing, or viewing uh, CP material. He was classified at the time as a repeat offender after having been previously convicted of multiple counts of distributing, possessing, or viewing CP material back in 2005. The, the stuff with Josh, I believe, and, and the, exact, the exact timeline is actually in the video that's linked, the video that I keep referring to. I believe it happened in 2002? Around 2002 to 2004, I'm, I'm pretty sure is what they said. So... Yeah, while this man was 
basically letting Josh off the hook for his own behavior. He was uh, distributing, possessing, viewing CP material. I am just... I'm, I'm rendered speechless by this. I'm disgusted. I, I want to I say, I keep almost saying I can't believe it, but I can. That's the thing. I can. Josh was surrounded by people his entire life who protected him and downplayed his actions, downplayed his horrifically dangerous actions. And this person who could have could have given Josh um a real punishment i i mean i don't know if uh i don't want to get into my own thoughts on our punitive justice system right now i don't necessarily think punishment um was what he needed but he he needed some sort of rehabilitation he needed some sort of counseling and therapy and help just he needed help and this this person this hutchins person had he taken the situation seriously could have could have helped give him the help he needed just like his parents jim bob in that moment could have given josh the help that he needed could have gotten his son the help that he needed and he didn't (laughs) and now look where we are look at everything that's transpired from the moment he started inappropriately touching his sisters which who knows there could have been behavior prior to that up through the the weird behavior uh on the tv show that is that is discussed in this video um through the ashley madison scandal through possibly allegedly assaulting a sex worker um up through his own possession and and viewing and distributing or whatever of of CP. It's a pattern of behavior that doesn't just show that this person is a predator. It's a pattern of behavior that shows that this person is a is a fucking horrible person. Josh Duggar is a bad person. Josh Duggar's family are bad people. And I think that that's the new hill that I'm going to die on. So the next time Josh comes up, likely when he's sentenced and I talk about this all over again that's that's the energy that I'm going into that with his entire fucking family are a bunch of bad people and I want to see them all fall just as bad as I want to see Josh fall they all deserve to face consequences because they've all had a hand and I hope you understand that when I say all I'm mostly talking about the parents (laughs) um Josh's siblings I, I certainly I mean I think that some of them are at fault to varying extents to varying degrees but i certainly don't fault uh, all of his siblings the way that i fault his parents um they failed him and by extension they failed all they failed just society in general because they they protected their horrible shitty son their fucking predator of a son um and honestly that make in my mind that makes them predators as well so yeah, that, that's the hill I'm going to die on. So that's where we're at with that. I also just wanted to clarify that in my last episode where I talked about Josh, I mentioned um, a family friend who was involved with, with that. I think it was someone that he had confided in about 
the behavior that he was um, carrying out against his sisters. I misgendered this person. Um, I was discussing the, the trial and it was said that a person named Bobby Holt, I think was the last name, Bobby Holt, was going to be um, called, it was likely that this person would be um, called to testify. I misgendered Bobby. I said Bobby was a man. Bobby is not. Bobby's a woman. So apologize for that, but I did want to just um, correct myself and clarify that. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at with Josh. Um, I don't have much else to say other than I think punishment and consequence and accountability are long, long overdue, not just for Josh, but for this entire fucking family. And so we'll see. I, I hope that the judge does the right thing when it comes time to sentence him, but we'll see. Oh, actually, before we move off the subject of Josh, I did also want to mention another thing that came up in the YouTube video that is again linked, and again, I highly recommend watching it. Apparently, and this is just funny, this, uh, well, it's funny, but it's also really gross when you think about uh, just all the connotations here, but I wanted to bring it up because it is funny, but also because some of those said connotations are actually things that we will be discussing in future episodes. So apparently when Josh and Anna got married, Jim Bob bought Josh or no, 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 no. He, I'm sorry. He didn't buy Josh. He gave Josh sex books, basically like explaining like how to treat your wife in that way and I'm sure they were like religious in nature which is hilarious I would love to find out what these books were and find them and do like a review I might look into that actually that's a great idea but um yeah and when I say he didn't buy them for Josh he gave them to Josh they were the same uh sex books that were given to Jim Bob and Michelle when, when they got married so imagine your parents giving you uh, books on how to pleasure your spouse, um, but not just any books, the books that they actually used to learn how to do that themselves. <laughs> so funny, yes. Connotation here is, whew, this man molested his sisters when he was younger. And in in the episode, in the clip that, that they're showing in this video where this happens it's not just that he's giving him the books he's joking about oh gotta gotta give my son the birds and the bees talk it's it's less cringy when you realize he's probably serious um but actually jim bob the the time to give your son the talk probably would have been before he molested your daughters then he maybe wouldn't have molested your daughters, but hey, what do I know? So yeah, we're going to talk about all that at some point, all that being just kind of the weird relationship with sex and not even just sex, but just like anatomy and um, like how our bodies change and things like that uh, within evangelical Christian culture. But yeah, I just thought that was funny, so I wanted to include that. But now we really are going to move on from Josh. And I want to talk about 
um, ways to cope during the holiday season if Christmas is not your thing anymore. And I think first and foremost, the most important thing to remember when trying to navigate your emotions, um, especially your negative emotions around this time of year, is that you should put yourself first. I know that's really hard for some of us. Um, it's easy for me to sit here as a single person with no children and really no societal obligations other than my job um, to say that you should put yourself first. But there are ways that certainly, certainly anybody can do that and I think that you should figure out what that means for you and what that looks like for you in a way that is going to be positive and help you feel better and do that. Do, do whatever that is. For me, this year, I really considered not doing Christmas at all and traveling by myself over the holidays. I thought about going to Mexico. I actually started planning a trip to Mexico and then my plans changed for, for various reasons, but it felt weird and kind of hard at first to picture myself spending Christmas alone, but when I was thinking about the holidays this year and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to navigate how I'm feeling, that really, that was, at the time, that was pretty much my best option. That's what felt best for me. And again, maybe running off to a different country for a week is not possible for you, but what does it mean for you? What is putting yourself first over Christmas? What does that look like for you? So first and foremost, I would try to figure that out. And if your life does involve a partner or roommates or family that you that you live with or live very close close to or family that you're you know closely entwined with how can you get them on board with you putting yourself first by means of taking care of meeting your needs and making sure that your needs are met and making sure that you are taken care of emotionally over the holidays have a conversation with the people around you, even if you don't want to approach it from, hey, Christmas is really hard for me, because even having that conversation alone can be really difficult for some people, myself included. Um, even if you don't want to approach it from that, from that angle, approach it from, hey, I'm going to need X, Y, and Z from you, or I'm going to need to do X, Y, and Z this year, um, to make sure that I that I enjoy um, the holidays, enjoy my time off, whatever, enjoy Christmas, whatever. And I think another important point here is, yes, it can be hard to have these conversations, but I think that as long as you're in a space that's safe enough to do so, ripping off that band-aid and having those conversations or even just planting the seed and starting to have those conversations is important. So that's another thing that I would encourage you to do. Even if you don't, you know, tell your whole family, hey, I don't want to celebrate Christmas because, you know, I don't believe in God anymore or whatever. That's pretty extreme. Even if you don't want to have that extreme of a conversation with your entire fucking family, confide in your best friend, confide in your sibling, confide in your mom. Maybe don't tell them that you're wrestling with your beliefs, but 
share that Christmas feels a little different this year and you would like to celebrate differently or you would like to do this instead of this this year. And I think the elephant in the room here for a lot of us is that a lot of us don't want to go to church anymore. A lot of us don't go to church anymore, but Christmas, as we all know, is one of those big church holidays, right? They always talk about Christmas and Easter as being the the days that, you know, the sinners, even the sinners go to church or blah, 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 whatever. Um, so if you need to come up with some sort of reason or excuse as to why you don't want to attend church over the holidays, do it. You still have, I mean, we're still in the middle of a pandemic that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. That's a, that's a very valid excuse. That's a very valid reason not to go to church. Use that. If, if you don't have anything else, there's that. You don't have to go to church just because your entire family does, just because you've gone every year if you don't want to. So I would definitely prioritize making a plan for navigating that with whoever you need to navigate it with. That being said, some people still enjoy going to church on holidays. You know, over the last several years, even when I started questioning my faith and even when I started stepping away from the church, you know, big T, big C quotes around it, the church, I still enjoyed going to a Christmas Eve service at my parents' church because frankly, I like the ritual aspect of it. It's a candlelight service, so it's aesthetically beautiful. I like the Christmas carols that that we would sing, and I enjoyed being able to do that for my mom because I knew how much it meant to her. Not necessarily that I was going to church, but that I was there with her for that particular service. Am I going to go this year? I don't think so. There's a lot that's different for me this year, and I'm not sure if I'm going to participate in that specific tradition, but... I'm willing to have a conversation with my mom if she seems upset that I'm not doing it. And that's something that I need to do for myself, to protect myself and make sure that I escape the holidays as unscathed as possible. While we're on the subject of ritual and tradition, I would also suggest finding the things that you do like about Christmas and focus on those I think even for someone like me, where frankly, the older I get, the more I realize that I really don't like Christmas, there are aspects of the way that my family celebrates that I do really enjoy. For example, I went with my dad to his church this past weekend and helped fill boxes with donated food for families in need. That's something that their church does every Christmas. And I've participated in that for several years now, and I really enjoy doing it. I enjoy just the act of giving my time. I enjoy the fact that I am doing something really helpful, and I like the fellowship that comes with volunteering with other people, people that I genuinely do like, but because I don't attend church very often, I probably, I don't think I've been to church in over a year. I enjoy spending time with those people in that setting. So I choose to participate in that. 
There are some things that I generally like doing around Christmas that I chose not to do this year because I knew that doing them would make me sad. And I think that may, that might be the conclusion here is allow yourself to be flexible and give yourself the permission to do the things that you want to do and to not do the things that you don't want to do. I think that's the most important the most important thing for anybody who is is navigating the holidays when they have complicated feelings towards this time of year. So that's where I'm going to leave you on that. I I hope that you all have a, a nice holiday, a nice Christmas. I hope that you spend time doing the things that you want to do, spend time with the people that you want to be with, um, and take care of yourselves. Above all else, protect yourself, protect your energy, and yeah, take care of yourself. So the last thing that I want to touch on before I wrap up this episode is the coming year. So I can't believe that I have had this podcast now for almost a year. I started in March and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I am so thankful for all of you who listen to me rant and engage with my content. I could not ask for a better audience. I'm so thankful for all of you. In the coming year, I want to be a little more consistent with posting. The flip side of that is I... When I started back in March, I intended to release a new episode every other week. I quickly learned that that is not, I can't commit to that right now. I have too much, too much else going on. So in the coming year, I plan to and intend to uh, release an episode every month. So I already have the first few months of 2022 planned. I cannot wait to get those out. I'm thinking that they'll probably release midway through the month. So I'm thinking that you can expect the first one probably midway through January. Um, Follow my Instagram if you're not already for updates and all of that. But I'm really excited about the topics that I want to cover in the new year. I'm also really excited about some other things that I want to do with this podcast. Um, I'm going to have merch very soon, hopefully. And I I want to continue growing the Instagram presence. I want to maybe start a blog. I'm not really sure about that, that one yet, but I want to expand. I want to have more conversations. I'm hoping to interview some people. I'm hoping to have some guests on and, and have actual conversations and I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited. I still can't believe that I jumped into this with both feet and I'm putting myself out there, but it's really exciting and I'm very happy to be here. So with that, uh, this has been your Joshua Duggar update, your quick little lesson on coping mechanisms for the holidays and a look ahead at what 2022 um what I hope to bring in 2022. So again, from me to you, I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season. I hope that you're taking care of yourself. I hope that you close out the year in a way that feels meaningful and intentional and good for you. And I hope that you are setting your intentions for the coming year while reflecting on 2021. And I wish you all nothing but the best. I will see you in the new year with my next episode. Bye.